Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. Welcome to a pro wrestling show, obviously. Now, we do need to do some due diligence before we do get into this week's episode, because most of you are going to be listed on podcast form. That's what we've been doing for a long time now. But some of you will have seen this is now live with real footage of me talking into a microphone and looking at my laptop and looking into a camera for my YouTube channel at Simon Miller. And the reason that I'm doing this is very simple. You may have noticed at the end of last year, we weren't very on point with a lot of the schedule, because sometimes like I've just kicked my ass and I was so busy because I'm very fortunate and very blessed that I do have all these things that I get to do. So I just thought, okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. Rather than not get episodes up, we've been doing pretty well. What were we, the 10th of February today? We've been doing pretty well up to this point. I was like, I tell you what we're going to do. If I film it and put it up as a video on my YouTube channel and I have the podcast, then that's two birds with one stone and we can actually double down on this. So this is mostly for the people watching on YouTube right now. Don't worry. Normal content will continue to go on as usual. But as we are a daily upload channel, hopefully if you're not into professional wrestling, you're happy just to give me this little bit of a... I can't think of the right word, whatever that word would be. And I'm at least going to do this with one of the episodes. Like I say, we do two episodes every single week. So if you are into this, please do go search for Simon's Pro Wrestling Show, Pro Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Apple, whatever the hell it's called now, podcast or whatever your podcast app of choice is. And you can subscribe and you can leave me a rating and you can do all of that. But enough of standing on ceremony, Mr. Wayne. And let's talk about some wrestling, especially that episode of AEW Dynamite from last night. Because my word, it was basically Tony Khan reading Reddit going on Twitter, seeing what fans wanted and going, well, why don't we have a bunch of fun with this? Because we had two debuts, one of which came through the Forbidden Door. Let's talk about Jay White first. I guess that was, I'm not going to say that was more of a surprise, but I think as soon as the free agent match had been announced, Isaiah Cassidy versus somebody, oh my gosh, who's it going to be for the face of the Revolution Ladder match? Keith Lee was a much touted name for obvious reasons. He's out there. It seemed to make sense to kind of bring him in and move back from everything they'd done in WWE, which didn't work out so well. But the thing I love most about the Jay White thing is he just turned up. He just turned up like he was going for a coffee, like he was going to sit down with a sandwich. You had the backstage segment with Rapongi Vice, the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. They beat them up. And then, yeah, Jay White just walks in and he goes, all right, <laughs> how are you doing? I just smashed down the forbidden door and we're going to take it from there. So I thought that was just, well, just like there's so many ways you can debut people in, in all of wrestling. Like, so Alistair Black, I think, had the lights out treatment. I think I can't remember now, but we've had people like Keith Lee that just walk on down there. We had everything at the end of whatever that pay-per-view was with Brian Danielson and Adam Cole, which was great. And that's one of the reasons I liked it so much. I mean, I'm going to suppose they probably did that because that was a pre-tape. It was pre-recorded. They could have get Jay White to the actual arena. I don't know. But I think it was, well, it was just a good 180 to what we were about to see with Keith Lee. And it made me laugh. I thought it summed up the Jay White character perfectly. Just strolls in, doesn't care. He's not here for any nonsense. He just wants to whip your ass and probably win a championship belt at some point. And also what this does too, as the Young Bucks alluded to later on, is... Well, we're getting this divide, right? We're going to have Adam Cole's group, which is going to feature Bobby Fish and Carl O'Reilly and probably someone like Jay White taking on the Young Bucks, Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson, and Kenny Omega when he returns and somebody else, whoever the hell that may be. Because we start to mention Kenny Omega's now, name now as well. It would surprise me if he comes back at the pay-per-view, which is also shaping up very nicely, Revolution. What, we're going to get CM Punk versus MJF2? We're going to get Adam Cole versus Hangman Adam Page? 
And we'll probably get some kind of three-way with his tag team match as well, including the, the ladder match itself. So I really like that. And the next segment, of course, was Isaiah Cassidy versus Keith Lee. Keith Lee comes out, gets a great reaction, but I don't care about any of that. He did this build that was absolutely amazing. If you haven't seen it, you have to go and watch it. He threw that man as if he was trying to chuck him into space. But the thing I enjoyed most about it, and the reason it got a golden up on ups and downs, if you so care, was because Keith Lee looked so damn happy. And I know I sound like a nerd. I know I sound like an idiot. And you're allowed to get mad and go, Simon, you're such a fool. You're 100% right. I am a fool. And I should be fired out of a cannon. But when you see a wrestler who has gone through some hard times, especially the COVID stuff that Keith Lee went through, when you see someone, anyone, a human being in their element, in their environment, and you can tell they're quite taken by the moment, I think that is the best thing ever. It makes me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. I'm like, man, that guy did it or that girl did it, whoever the hell it may be. Because... You know, he got the kind of reaction, I'm sure. Well, he did get a Survivor Series when he arrived in WWE and at the Royal Rumble. So it's not like we couldn't have done something there. But I think it was almost, uh, again, I'm going to sound so stupid. I get it. But it was almost like this mob mentality. Whereas, like, we know it didn't really work out in the other place. So now we're going to go crazy for you. And he just did his Keith Lee thing. He ran around the place. He defied gravity. smashed him with a crossbody. Hit the ground zero, Big Bang Theory, whatever the hell it's called. I can't remember now. Get confused with finishing move names all the time. And he got the one, two, three. He goes on to the ladder match. Now, you got to shout out Private Party too. Afterwards, Keith Lee beat both of them up. And both these guys were just... They, look, wrestling takes two to tango. We know this. And those two tangos are absolutely asses off. And you also had more story stuff during this because Matt Hardy just walked away. And um, the commentators had, uh, had a Jeff Hardy reference because Matt Hardy left, obviously turning his back on Private Party, probably because Jeff Hardy's about to come in, which is going to be really exciting. But yeah, the major point is that when he was leaving they were like that's very erratic behavior which is the words that wwe used for jeff hardy when he had that house show incident i know that some people don't like this it tickled me again i'm a massive nerd and if you're going to break down that fourth wall i'm just going to massively enjoy it so yeah really fun sort of couple of segments of tv especially because the segment after that was cm punk announcing who his uh, mystery tag team partner was going to be after all the shenanigans with mjf at the start of the show which was also brilliant i thought maxwell jacob freeman has got to be one of the best heels in all of wrestling right now he's such an ass he's just such excuse me he's just such a bad person and you do just want to see somebody smack him in the face so the point was you know find a tag team partner can't be sting and dalby allen who are cm punk's friends and then you can take on ftr and if you beat them then we'll have another match at Revolution. And of course, CM Punk team with John Moxley, which did feel like a cool surprise because Punk and Moxley, especially within the confines of AEW, are portrayed as super duper megastars and had a really good tag team match. CM Punk and John Moxley win. So now we've set up CM Punk and MJF as well. This was all done around about 45 minutes of uh, television time. And I just thought it was awesome. And I know there's people out there that want to fly the WWE flag and they want to fly the AEW flag. Look, if you watch any of my stuff or listen to this show, you know that I'm not into that. I think it's... A waste of life. <laughs> be completely honest, excuse me, I've got a sore throat. But it's a waste of life. It's pointless because wrestling is what's fun here. And to me, I thought the whole show of Dynamite was really, really good. I'm not going to go and lay my cap on being like, oh, WWE or AEW only because it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. And I know there's people out there that go, Simon, he's so biased. I don't even watch wrestling like that. It's not how I watch wrestling. I sit down, I take in, I engage with a segment, I digest it to use stupid words. And if I like it, I go, I like it. If I don't like it, I go, I don't like it. It's as simple as that. And yes, I do try and approach wrestling more positive than most because it's wrestling. I have real problems in my life, real horrible, horrible problems that I need to sort out. I'm not going to make wrestling one of those problems as well. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, wh what do we give a down to recently? I can't even remember. But we give a down to a match. Big whoop. Two people didn't have a good wrestling match. I ain't going to let it beat me up. And that's why I thought this episode was particularly fun, including by the time we got to the main event. I won't lie. Don't tell anyone. I kind of forgot that we were doing the uh, AEW death match for the world title. 
I don't know why. I guess so much was happening. My brain had forsaken me and my brain had forgotten. But we did do Lance Archer versus Hangman Adam Page. And here's the thing I don't really get, right? People go, it's so bloody, it's so brutal. People aren't going to watch AEW. If you tuned in to a wrestling match and they told you you're going to get a Texas death match and you didn't expect brutality, pain, violence and blood, the problem may be you. <laughs> it's true. If you go to a pizza restaurant, your girlfriend or boyfriend whoever, partner says, hey, do you want to go to a pizza restaurant? Oh, yeah, I'd love it. You get there, sit down and go, I don't like pizza. It's like, well, why did you come? Like, you have to be aware of this. And it doesn't mean you have to like those kind of violent matches. You can turn them off. You can decide, you know what, this kind of wrestling is not for me. That's perfectly cool. But it did exactly what it said on the tin. And Dan Lambert took the, the top rope off so we could have this really creative buckshot lariat towards the end. I thought that was tremendous. We had Lance Archer stabbing Hangman Adam Page with a fork. And look, listen to me. I didn't want to see that. <laughs> I don't want to see a man get stabbed with a fork. And he ate his blood. It was like he had a moment where his instincts kicked in. And it was like, well, I know what I do with a fork. I eat things. So why don't I eat this man's blood? I want to put my hand up and be like, no, 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 Lance. We don't eat another man's blood. That's absolutely disgusting. But yeah, there was barbed wire chairs. There's just barbed wire in general that we wrapped around our wrists. Uh, there was kendo sticks. I mean, there's so many other things I can't even remember now. Jake Roberts got involved. We already mentioned Dan Lambert, but... Lance Archer, I think he's quite good anyway, but he really shines in these kind of environments. And it's kind of, some people don't like, some people are disappointed by the Hangman Adam Page title reign. They think it, I don't know, disappointing, not as good, play second fiddle or whatever it may be. But he's done what? Brian Danielson, which I thought was a couple of amazing matches. And now this Lance Archer, that's three right he's had since he's beat Kenny Omega, which you also have to count in. So let's say that's four matches and every single one of them has been bangers as far as I'm concerned. So... I don't have a problem with this. Adam Cole comes out afterwards, put the belt on Hangman and Page's shoulders. So we're going to do that a revolution too. And I think that match will be tremendous. And a small part of me, if it wasn't for MJF, who I do totally believe is going to be moved into the world title program, or saying that CM Punk could beat him. See, this is why it's really cool, right? This is why I enjoy so many people fighting for the AEW world title. I can see a world where Adam Cole actually beats Hangman Adam Page. I can. I think you could do it. I think you could get away with it because Adam Cole is so beloved by the audience. I don't think there'd be much of a backlash. And if you do do that and then CM Punk beats Maxwell Jacob Friedman, although they may have to have a rubber match, of course, he could then go into the world title picture and challenge Adam Cole. Good guy versus bad guy. But I think you should turn Punk at some point too. I think that'd be more fun. But if you do keep on Hangman Adam Page, you also have MGF there who could then beat Punk and then you still got your babyface heel dynamic. So I do, it's always cool to have multiple people vying for that top spot because also it just makes it feel more legitimate too. Of course you want the world championship. Why the hell wouldn't you? That's why, as Stone Cold Steve Austin used to say, that's why you're in the game to begin with. So yeah, and also the Serena Deep stuff I think is great. She's on fire right now. Uh, I like the tease for Britt Baker versus Thunder Rose that we're going to do. It was nice to see AQA, who I admit didn't know much about her. She's a Booker T wrestling student, but I think she did more than fine. I think Jade Cargill gets better each and every week. And I'm probably forgetting something. Oh, the Inner Circle stuff. Some sports entertainment, which I also liked. It looks like we're going to turn Jericho bad guy. It feels like it's time. And he's always ahead of the game, right? Chris Jericho always knows when he, he, needs, to, he needs to switch things up. And it looks like we're going to start sending Santana and Ortiz on a mega babyface run. Hopefully they'll win the tag team titles. Get to the pay-per-view. Do Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. This is all good stuff. And it ticks all my boxes. And before people go, I like Raw too. And I like SmackDown. Sometimes when I think about it, I think Raw may be my favorite show because it's crazy. You, know, you never know what WWE is going to do. 
and there is something in there. Before I do forget to, as it's popped up on my screen, or I put up on my screen, shout out to uh, any brand new patrons who, again, make this possible. Obviously, Patreon supports all my personal stuff, as you do know, but particularly in my podcast, because I make zero money from it. Uh, so Jed Brown, thank you very much, and Nerd Dad, thank you very much. And there's nothing wrong with being a nerd, and there's nothing wrong with being a dad, so it's a pleasure to have you on board. Something else I did want to talk about in this show was the Elimination Chamber 2022, because, uh, as you may have seen on Ups and Downs, I'm away next week. I am taking my first time off in two years, if you can believe it. Somebody pointed that out to me on uh, Twitter at SimonMiller316. But it does mean I'd already booked this time off a while ago, and then WWE just went, oh, we're going to do a Saudi Arabia pay-per-view on the Saturday. It does mean that I'm missing it. So as I don't think we're going to be able to get a podcast done, I thought we'd go through the card. We may add a couple of matches next week. We probably will, as there's only six at the moment. But given that two of them are Elimination Chamber matches, I hope we don't add too many because that would be crazy. So... Uh, I've got the card up in front of me now. We've got Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss with Happy Corbin. I think Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin are a really good team. And I think Happy Corbin, or Baron Corbin, I should say, is somebody you can give anything to, and he just makes it work. Like, think about all the different roles he's played. And he's a, he is a, a hand that you want to have on your staff and your roster, no doubt. I think Madcap Moss actually has a huge upside, too. Well, they both do. But right now, Madcap Moss is kind of playing the sidekick. And I think you've got, you've got something in him. But there ain't no way Drew McIntyre is losing. It wouldn't surprise me if Roman Reigns wins at WrestleMania, beats Brock Lesnar, and then Drew McIntyre is his first challenge. So WWE is probably going to want to keep him strong. So I imagine he beats Madcap Moss here. We do go on to Mania. He probably beats Baron Corbin. And then he gets his big Universal Championship uh, feud. I'm not 100% sure he'll actually beat Roman Reigns. I mean, you could do it with Drew. Certainly deserves another run with a, with a title, but I'll have to wait and see. Uh, also got the Usos versus the Viking Raiders for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Again, this seems pretty cut and dry. I don't think you put it on the Viking Raiders right now. It just doesn't make sense, especially because the Usos tie in with the bloodline. What we desperately need to do in WWE, though, is we need more teams because you can't do anything with the nude anymore because we've drawn a line under that, although I bet WWE... Uh, WWE do and outside of that you run out of teams I mean, you got lost Lotharios but we never do anything with them and you got Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs but really we should be focusing more on the IC championship with them so we need we need to make more teams I kind of find it crazy and it's the same for the women's tag team division like Carmella and uh, Zelina Vega are the tag team champions and neither of them I do not believe are in that elimination chamber although there is a TBA so I suppose that maybe they will have a tag team match but flub me sideways i sometimes forget they're the champions which makes me a bad person you can get mad at me absolutely can but yeah we absolutely need to do more uh we need to do more with that it's, it's nuts it's it's so 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 crazy um and we'll do the we'll do the elimination chambers last so actually yeah, there's not that much on here uh so we've got becky lynch versus lita again do i think we're gonna make lita the raw women's champion no i think becky lynch has to hold on to that championship although i did like what we did on raw as already discussed so i actually think that match will be pretty decent which actually ties into the women's elimination chamber too because it is Liv morgan versus rhea ripley versus bianca Belair versus dewdrop versus nikki ash versus the tba gets me it could be a bailey or something like that so we may have a swerve but as far as I'm concerned, Bianca Belair should win that and then she should face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania and then she should get her championship back, right? That seems to make perfect sense to me. It also stacks up the card because you've got Ronda versus Charlotte, you've got Roman versus Brock and you have that too, which makes all the sense in the world. And I guess it, it kind of depends on what you do with everybody else. I don't know where Liv Morgan, Bianca, uh, sorry, Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Dewdrop and Nikki Ash fit in. Like out of everyone we've got there, people that I can see winning are... Rhea Ripley, I think you could do it. Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch, if you actually hone down what Rhea Ripley is good at, would be a tremendous match. I don't really understand why we're not treating Rhea Ripley better than she already is. I don't think we're going to do it with Nikki Ash simply because of the gimmick. Dewdrop's already had her opportunity, so we won't do that again, especially at WrestleMania, because WWE doesn't like doing that. And it's the same for Liv Morgan. So it really is down to Rhea Ripley, Bank of Belair. And let me, who is this TBA? 
Sasha Banks at the moment doesn't seem to be figured into any SmackDown WrestleMania plans, unless Bailey comes back, of course, which I'd be up for. Those two deserve it. So it could be her. She could easily jump across. WWE does it all the time. They just did it with Big E. It could be a returning Bailey. And outside of that, I can't even think who it could be. There's probably somebody that I'm forgetting. It's probably going to be Natalia or something like that. But I mean, it could just be because they don't have enough women. So they haven't figured out who's going to go go into that yet but whoever it is i can't see a better idea than bianca belair winning so we should do that which leads us to the wwe title elimination chamber which fair play not only does it fill with awesome awesome talent I, I i couldn't call it i mean some people i don't think are going to win but you've got bobby lashley who's the champ brock lesnar seth rollins austin theory riddle and aj styles now i am pumping pumping for aj styles versus edge at wrestlemania so i'm going to take aj styles out and i'm going to put him to one side riddle I think there's an outside chance. I mean, you don't need to do it because you can do the Alpha Academy versus RK Bro thing. Maybe at WrestleMania, if you can hold off that long. You can even do something here where Randy Orton gets involved or you start teasing the breakup between those two. Actually, I think you go past WrestleMania with it now. I think there's enough love there. But because they have other plans for him, I can't see Riddle winning, even though there was that rumor that he was meant to win the Royal Rumble. Who knows if it's true? As I always say, when we talk about speculation, it is just that, speculation. Seth Rollins could absolutely win. And one of the reasons I would like Seth Rollins to win is because then you could do Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens for the WWE title at WrestleMania. And not only does that differentiate it from the WrestleMania 36 match, which wasn't really a match because it was in the pandemic era and that WrestleMania was horrible to watch through no fault of their own. Well, I just like those two guys and I, I would love it. I would love to see them battling over a championship, especially because I love, I, I don't know, a small part of me think maybe Kevin Owens would win, but I don't think he would do because I think he would use that to finally cement Seth Rollins as a babyface again, which I think he's far better at, although he is a great heel too. And it wouldn't main event because I think Ronda versus Charlotte will main event Saturday and Roman versus Brock will main event Sunday. But at least it would be the WWE title match with two guys that absolutely deserve it. And then you've got Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. I cannot see Brock Lesnar losing for a second time unless Roman Reigns screws him again or he just leaves because he's fighting so he doesn't actually get pinned, which would be crap, but WWE would do it. And Bobby Lashley is interesting too because if he came through unscathed and was still the champion, that would rock. But I don't know who he fights at WrestleMania unless it's someone like Seth Rollins. But that kind of feels a bit weird right now just because we haven't planted any seeds. So it's not going to be Austin Theory, bless him. I mean, I we all know what happened with Shane McMahon, or at least we think we do, but who the hell knows. But I absolutely would have done Austin Theory versus Shane McMahon. I would have had Austin Theory win. Maybe that was the problem. There was no way it was going to happen. But on paper, while I have my... Um, uh, misgivings with the Saudi Arabia shows, as we all do. On paper, that is a fire match. It kind of feels like the one we did last year in October, November, December, whenever it was, not December, October or November. It kind of feels like they're putting more effort into it. Because don't forget on that one, we had the Seth Rollins versus Edge match in the Hell in a Cell, which was flubbing brilliant, which is another reason why I want to see AJ Styles versus uh, versus Edge at Mania. One of those matches that the clock is ticking on. They're, they're still amazing wrestlers, but you know they're, they're not spring chickens. So fingers crossed we get to that too. But uh, it is going to have quite big ramifications towards WrestleMania, which is kind of crazy given they used to be glorified house shows. And yes, that is basically my WrestleMania card. I mean, I haven't talked about Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. <laughs> I just zoomed past that. Because right, there is a theory out there that Goldberg wins and then he takes on Bobby Lashley. Oh, no, not Bobby Lashley, sorry. What was the thing I read? That Goldberg wins because Brock Lesnar screws him over. And that's right. And then Brock Lesnar wins the WWE title. So we switched the belt because Goldberg, Goldberg is. I can't remember. Basically, somebody pitched Goldberg winning the belt and then losing it to somebody 
at WrestleMania. I don't think you should do that, right? I don't mind Goldberg coming back, especially for Saudi Arabia shows. I don't mind if he comes back for WrestleMania. I just don't think he should be a person where you're putting the championship anymore because it annoys a lot of people. And that's it. And you want to be serving your fan base. You want to be doing things that fans enjoy. So that's why I wouldn't do it. I don't think it's going to help anybody. So I actually think it'd be quite a decent match. I think it's going to last very long. Paul Heyman will be heavily involved, which is always fun because he knows how to book these things. And as long as there's a couple of near falls that make me bite and then Roman Reigns, it's good for Roman Reigns' title win. No matter what you think about the build or not the build or what we've done with Roman so far, it's another person that he can say that he's beat. And there's a ton of them now. I'm not going to go through them because I'll forget them. But it adds to his aura. And when finally somebody does come in and beat him, we should be able to take that power and put it onto them. And so we built a new style, though, of course, the worry is Dwayne The Rock Johnson will come in at WrestleMania 39 and he will beat the uh, Dwayne, uh, he will beat the Roman and then retire. And if that does happen, then I truly do think we're going to have a backlash on our hands. Or maybe they go to backlash and Roman wins it back. I would not do that. I totally understand why you want to do Roman versus The Rock at WrestleMania. That's a huge match. And it would do crazy numbers because The Rock is a super duper star. Especially if you've got Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey too, which is WWE's plans at the moment. But you need to pick someone who is new, young and upcoming. Or like a Brock Lesnar type. I still don't mind that he beat The Undertaker. Look what it did to him to take that spot. Brom Breaker works for me. Or there's probably oh Drew McIntyre would be good. I wouldn't mind if Drew McIntyre beat Roman Reigns and took all of that. I know he's sort of in his late 30s now, 36, 37. But he is a guy that I mean Brock Lesnar was in a similar spot. And I think if you then turn him into the end of level boss, as I'm sure Brock Lesnar works less and less matches, that would be absolutely fine. And Drew McIntyre's a really good wrestler. He's not going to go anywhere. He's reliable. He's more than reliable. So yeah, I don't mind any of that. And Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. I mean, who else is going to work on the show? Finn Balor again? We know how that went. The top rope broke. I don't really understand what's going on with Finn Balor. As long as he's happy. He's, he's posting all these pictures like he's having the time of his life. So that's all I care about. But I do not understand. You know, he was a bit, well, it sounds like he was a bit fed up of the humdrum of the main roster. He goes down to NXT, completely reinvents himself, or almost goes back to his Prince Devitt character and reminds you how awesome he can be. Then he gets back to Raw and SmackDown. He gets treated exactly the same. And at this point, why don't we just turn him into a bad guy for a, for a, for a while? We know he can do it because he's done it before. And I guess because Vincent Mann just sees him as a quintessential babyface. But... When was the last time we saw him? Like he lost to Austin Theory and I think that was it. I don't believe he's on this show at the moment. I don't know how he's figured into WrestleMania. I mean, there's probably somebody on there. I mean, they probably will do Austin Theory versus Finn Balor and Finn Balor gets his win back. But Finn Balor on my television is no bad thing. I'm not saying he should be the guy to beat Roman Reigns, although I'd be perfectly fine with that as well. But I, believe, I think WWE has something with Finn that they haven't, they've never exploited. Exploited is, is the right word. Probably because when he did become the first Universal Champion, he separated his shoulder there were all these stories about Vince McMahon being very wary of wrestlers that he deems injury prone because he doesn't think he can rely on them. I think that's a very unfair uh, summarization of Finn Balor. But ever since then, which was 2016, which was what, six years ago, I don't really think we've ever got the Finn Balor that we, that, that we should have that we should have received. So why not just turn him heel and have some fun with it? I mean, look what we're doing with Chad Gable right now. We gave him the stupid character of Shorty G. Never forget that. He was Shorty Flippin' G. And now he's like Kurt Angle Part 2 reincarnated. Like, he is excellent. I don't want to talk about it because we talked about it on the last show. Please do check it out. Also, patreon.com, force assignment 316. I forgot to say that when I was pimping out my patrons. Um... But he, he has found his uh, his role. And my worry is that RK Bro will just beat Alpha Academy for the championships. And then that'll be it. We'll be done. And I do not want that to happen. I think it'd be a terrible, terrible idea. No idea why we've gone off on this uh, <laughs> this tangent. But I just think there are guys and girls within WWE right now that we could do a bunch more with. And it's going to help, you know, overall. Finn Balor would be one of these people. Chad Gable would be one of these people. 
I think you could probably say Rhea Ripley's in that category. Maybe Bianca Belair to a certain point, but I do think they will do something with her. Liv Morgan. And Madcap Moss, I think they're grooming, which is good. Excellent, let's do that. And then all of the tag teams. I mean, at the top of my head, I'm not very good at this because my brain doesn't work this well. I watch too much wrestling. But top of my head, you've got the Usos, you've got the New Day, you've got the Viking Raiders, you've got Los Lotharios. And there will be other tag teams. Don't get me wrong, this is my fault. I'm the idiot here. I'm the moron. But I can't think of any. <laughs> like, none of them... None of them come to mind. Okay, bro, obviously. But again, they're not long for this world. Even if it's another year, they are not going to be a, a tag team like the Usos, which have now been going 10 years or whatever the hell it is, eight years. Same with the New Day. So we need to, you know, double down on some people and make them tag teams and push them to the moon. At least that's what I would like. Suppose you've technically got Cesaro and Ricochet and Jinder and Shanky. But look, Cesaro and um, Ricochet would tie into all the other people we've mentioned. I think Jinder Mahal is more than fine. I think Shanky is more than fine. But I don't think they're going to be lighting up in the tag team scene. Prove me wrong, please. I'm always happy to be proven wrong. And of course, this brings us into the my biggest worry for next week, given that I am taking it off. If Veer debuts on Raw when I'm away, I'm going to lose my shib. I'm going to be so mad. I've been waiting for that guy for November, December, January, basically three and a half months by this stage. And if I don't get to go nuts when he arrives, you can't do it the week after. You would have moved on. That's the problem with wrestling. You get so much of it, you get to the next week and everybody forgets. Like, what's next? What's next? What's next? It's like drugs. But I just know it's going to happen. I already know it's going to happen. Veer's going to arrive and I'm not going to be around. I'm going to find out about it. Well, I'm still going to watch wrestling when I'm away because I'm an absolute crazy person. But that will uh, it'll make me very, very sad. Should it do? No, but it will. So we are going to move on to questions now. I always ask you for these at Simon316, which is a cheap plug for my Twitter. Same with my Instagram, Simon316. Uh, this is going to be a little shorter show than usual because my throat is giving out. You can probably hear that. So I'd rather get it done that it just ends like Halo 2. I know I use that joke a lot, but it's true. If you played Halo 2 back in the day, there was no ending. It may as well have gone, <laughs> you have to buy Halo 3. So we'll go through it. I've got them on my phone, in case you're wondering what I'm looking at if you are watching my YouTube channel. Cheap plug, Simon Miller. Uh, Chris says, Simon, just want to say thank you. I'm always looking forward to your next edition of Ups and Downs and, of course, your podcast. You truly never fail to entertain me, and I appreciate you. I wish you all the best in all you do. Chris, that's very, very nice. And I find it difficult to read those kind of messages because it almost blows my brain. But thank you. But thank you to the people that brought ups and down signs to um, uh, the AEW show as well. There was two right next to each other. You don't know what this does to me. It makes me feel very, very, very happy and very, very pleased and content. And of course, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling. Anyway, Chris says, what uh, wrestling podcast do you listen to? Uh, who do I listen to? I listen to Chris Van Vliet. I listen to, uh, what do I listen to? Grilling JR I like. I like Talkish Jericho. Mostly when Talkish Jericho has got a guest. I think Chicks Jericho is quite a good interviewer. Uh, Steve Austin, when he does his, it's not really a podcast anymore, but I like the Steve Austin show. Um, wrestling podcast. I, some, I dip in out of all the Conrad ones. It depends what the subject is. If I'm interested, I'll go and, I'll go and listen to it. I know that guy's smashing it. Don't get me wrong. It's absolutely amazing. And the Wrestling Observer I listen to as well. I enjoy Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. And I just make sure I, it's just people's opinions, right? People go crazy about those guys. But good for them for having such an awesome platform they've built for themselves. Um, there's probably others that I'm forgetting now. Uh, I guess I listen to Crime in Sports too. It's not a wrestling podcast, but that's one that I frequent a lot. And there'll be other ones. And oh, the Laps fan. See, look, I'm just remembering them as I go through. The Laps fan I listen to. We'll leave it there. And if I've forgotten about yours, I'm sorry. I probably do listen to it. Uh, All Elite Leo says, Hey, Simon, with Jay White now coming in as requested by Adam Cole to mess with Kenny, do you think Kenny is coming back soon? They're mentioning him more and more with this Elite story. So does Kenny return at Revolution, but not to screw Handman, but V-Trigger Cole? Yeah, I think he's going to come back to the pay-per-view. Whether he does something that big, I don't know. I think it may be an appearance or something a little bit less... Uh, uh, interference-wise. But yes, I think Kenny Omega is probably going to be back on AEW television.
television within the next eight weeks would be my guess. And I would imagine that plans have been decided. Peter says, you think Jay White now turning up in AEW could lead to an NJPW versus AEW pay-per-view? No, I don't think you want to do that. I think if you do that, you, uh, <laughs> part of my French, shoot your load too quickly. I shouldn't have said it. Mum, dad, if you're watching this, I'm very, very sorry. But I do think that. I think it makes much more sense to bring a guy in, do a feud, he leaves. Bring a guy in, do a feud, he leaves. Uh, much like the territory days. If you do it like an invasion angle, you could burn it all out. I don't think we need it. So, no, I wouldn't do that. I, I really, really wouldn't. I don't think it would be cool for the day, but I think you kind of screw up. <laughs> Amazingly, this, this ties into what we just talked about because Drusifer says, Have a great vacation, Simon. Thanks, man. Why do you think WWE gave up on Finn Balor? And why does it seem like they're giving up on Liv Morgan? She has everything you could ask for, and yet, dot, dot, dot. I don't know. We've just talked about this. I don't think they're giving up on Liv Morgan per se. I mean, she's in the Women's Elimination Chamber match, which is quite a cool spot to be in. I mean, the biggest problem with WWE, not the biggest problem, but a pattern they have fallen into, is that they have their stars and they rarely make new ones. And they're allowed to do that. They're making more money than cents right now. But that, that, that's, I would like more people to be stars. It's like Austin Theory. Austin Theory is by no means somebody that I have warmed or gravitated towards. Not because he's not good, because he's really, really good. Of course it is. He's made it to WWE. But that's just what happens with wrestling, right? Some people you like more than others. But I would love it if they pushed him a lot harder than they were. I'd have him win the Elimination Chamber. WWE Champion. I know it's probably hot-shotting. But we need something new, right? Let's light a fire under this rocket. Lee J says, what do you think about the rumor of Santina Morella's daughter being picked up by WWE? I think it's great. I hate it when this happens. People, nepotism, nepotism. You wouldn't take advantage of that. Of course you would. And hopefully she's as funny as him. Uh, Martin says, reflecting on the latest AEW show, which featured the debut of Keith Lee. It was really fun with plenty of goofy nonsense, but all the matches were unreal. Joyous and believable what wrestling should be. Was this the greatest episode of Dynamite ever? I mean, it's in the conversation probably. I'd have to sit down there and talk about it, but I'm also really annoying when it comes to that stuff. I try not to compare things too much because I think it's a cool conversation to have and I think we absolutely should be doing it on social media. But... Well, there's a tendency to, for hyperbole as well. It was the best one ever. But even if it was the best one ever, that doesn't mean I'd rather have two best one ever's, which doesn't even make any sense. You know what I mean? I'd rather enjoy everything for what it was rather than try and diminish one because we, we go overboard with another. Uh, Dunbar Pot says, thoughts on the body shaming of Keith Lee this morning? People seem to think it's because, people seem to think because he's a guy, it's not a problem. Well, I hadn't seen that. I mean, it doesn't surprise me because of Twitter and social media. I mean, if that is true, I think it's nuts. A, I don't think you should be saying anything about anybody's body ever, man, woman, it doesn't matter, whoever they are, individual, human being, goat, alien, for goodness sake. And nine times out of ten, the people that are saying this, oh, it doesn't even matter. Nine times out of ten, the people saying this aren't in good shape anyway, which doesn't matter. It's fine. You're allowed to be in whatever shape you are in. But how on earth can you shame somebody else when you're not in the peak of conditioning? But even if you are smashing it in the gym, that makes you even bigger, dick. We think you're better just because you're massive and ripped and somebody else isn't. I don't think people understand how hard wrestling it is and how much cardio you need. So if that is the case, again, I haven't seen it uh, specifically, but I'm sure that it is true. I just hate it. I hate everything like that. And Keith Lee will see it. And people kind of, I think with all wrestlers or all people in the public eye, we seem to think they're not real people. If he does see that, of course he'll be hurt. He may be able to brush it off, but there'll still be a few seconds. He's like, oh man. And that's why I think sometimes we are too aggressive with our criticism. I'm not saying that you can't be constructive and you can't say, I don't like that. And I thought it was crap. Absolutely. Go nuts. Go to town. That is your right. But when you get into this personal kind of line, just because, oh, I don't even know. I don't like it though. Don't body shame people. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. It's just not cool, man. No, you shouldn't do it. Junosh, which I haven't pronounced right at all, says, Do you think WWE can fix the NXT UK brand, or will it just disappear in two years? I watch it, and it's never bad, but sadly, not a single soul cares about it. Have a great day. Well, I don't know what the numbers are. 
And it's probably one of the most consistent promotions out there in terms of storylines and angles and match quality. I'm not sure it needs fixing, to be honest. But again, I don't know what the interaction with it is. I bet the people working there are very proud of it. And then the WWE Network, which is pretty cool. I'd have to know more statistics. But to me, it's pretty good. Well, it is good. Uh, Jay says, now we all know that MJF should be the one to take the title from Hangman Adam Page. The question is, who do you think should be the first big feud outside of CM Punk for MJF? I'm now quite partial to seeing Keith Lee and MJF work. Well, it depends what we do with Adam Cole. Let's say MJF does become the champion. I think you go back to the CM Punk thing eventually. I think CM Punk should be the guy to beat MJF, which probably means a revolution. MJF should beat Punk again, which would be amazing. Outside of that, yes, you could do Keith Lee. You could do a returning Kenny Omega, because what a win that would be for MJF if he beats him. You could do a Cody Rhodes. He absolutely should do that. You can tie back into the feud that we never ended. They had their match. MGF screwed him over. So there's loads of people you can do, which again, while sometimes AEW maybe leave stories a little bit too long, I really do enjoy the fact that they're all sort of bubbling under the surface and you can pull the trigger whenever you want. The Kingsman says, with WWE seemingly heading towards Drew versus Corbin at Mania, which isn't a Mania-worthy match. Wow, well, it is two nights. You're going to have some like that. Who should Drew face? I say Ridge Holland, and the story being Drew beating Sheamus multiple times last year, so on and so forth. Well, if I could choose, I would have Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre. I think they deserve to do their thing on the biggest stage. I don't mind Corbin versus, uh, versus Drew. I think it's a long-term storyline. I like both guys. A little bit unfair, in my opinion, but I appreciate that you have one. King says, it looks like the WrestleMania card is in flux, given all the Shane McMahon stuff. What legend or celebrity should compete at WrestleMania? I don't think there is one, really. I mean, you could put Johnny Knoxville in something. I would like that. I think he was quite good. If Goldberg's there in a undercard match, as they say, I wouldn't mind that. But otherwise, no, I don't think you need to. I think you have enough with Ronda. She's the celebrity, really. She would bring people to it. Same with Brock. Roman's super over. I don't think you need to bring anybody in. Doesn't mean they won't, but I don't think you need to. Uh, Irma says, hey, Simon, hope it was going well, preparing for your holiday. Thank you very much. Do you think they'll have Mox and Brian feud or will they make a faction? Mox, Punk and Brian is something I didn't know I needed. Well, something definitely happens on Rampage. I'm not going to spoil it here. In fact, nobody knows because it was a backstage segment they shot. Um, I think they're probably going to feud and you're probably going to have the match at the pay-per-view because I think that really stacks it up. But if they did do the faction thing, that would be awesome. But I can't see it happening. But it would be great for them to take each other under their wing. Maybe they have the match and then they do the faction thing afterwards, right? You have loads of, loads of options you can do. Uh, Chris says, could you see MGF being so good at being a heel that he transfers to a baby face? No, no. He's someone that I would keep healed forever. He's too good at it. And sometimes I don't think he like, I guess Darth Vader did go good at the end, but he wasn't as good when he was a bad guy. So I would keep him bad. Garden Jungle says, say you personally want to learn a wrestling move. How would you go about it? You have any way you can go practice or do you just give it a go one night in the ring? Well, hopefully you're doing this under proper tutelage. That's the way that all wrestling should be learned. You go to a wrestling training school and they'll teach you. And then when you have the basics down, you say, hey, I would like to learn this move. And they'll go, okay. There's non-negotiable, that one. Otherwise, you're going to hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Roger says, why does AEW keep beating FTR into powder? They're the real best tag team in AEW. Well, that's why. Because they're good. And they know they can put them in another match and they'll get super back over. And there was no way they should beat Mox or Punk last night. That would have been crazy. That's not the feud we're going for right now. So we need to move on. But FTR, great. They just wanted to give back to wrestling and have great tag team matches. And they're ticking that box everywhere. Felix says, what do you think is the long-term plan for Damian Priest? He's taken a couple of losses. But I don't think it hurts him because having such a kick-ass match with AJ Styles only elevates him. Well, I think we're going to turn him heel. Uh, he probably loses US Championship before WrestleMania. I don't know how he fits in on that card, though. That will be interesting. I don't know. It's a good question. I don't actually know at all. 
Uh, Tiona B says, what would be the most plausible but underwhelming Mania card? Oh, it's too far out. So many things could change. At the moment, again, like I say, I think the Mania card on paper looks pretty good. We says, this is a bloated roster made up of factions. Is it time AEW introduced a trios or TBS tag belt? Yes, but not because they got a bloated roster. I hate that phrase. No offense my, for my friend We, You're a good person. Thank you very much for listening. But hire everyone. I don't care. It's more opportunities. And unfortunately, if contracts run down, you need to let them go. You're allowed to do that too as a business. It's far better than cutting their contracts out of nowhere. But the reason I think we have a trios title is because we can have great trios matches. And anytime you have a championship, that kind of gives it more impetus for you to do it a little bit more. But no, I don't, I don't like this bloated roster stuff. I don't agree with it. Heavy Sounding says, do you, know, uh, do you guys know of any wrestler in recent memory that booked their own crowd reaction? Seems impossible with free re- wheel, but Jericho kidnapping entire arenas to create forced renditions of Judas like everyone. You know what? I'm just going to move on. Thank you for listening. That's the weirdest question I've ever got. <laughs> There's no hijacking or kidnapping. People are having fun. Oh, crazy. Can you believe it? Slovakia says, is it announced uh, Is it announced that they are pre-taping SmackDown before the chamber? Or will it be a lower guard promo edition? Oh, yeah, they are. So SmackDown next week is going to be pre-taped. So of course, they need to fly it to Saudi Arabia. Uh, no, they won't tell you that at all. I mean, you'll know because people will be at the show, but no, they won't say anything. Uh, George says, who is your number one Keith Lee AEW dream match? Easy, Miro. Uh, Tim the Enchantment says, what's your opinion on Major League Wrestling? MLW. Don't watch it as much as I like, but Hammerstone is awesome. I need to watch it more. Uh, Luke said, when is your AEW debut? When my dreams come true. Felix says, would you like to see the bar reunite or maybe Ricochet and Cesaro form a proper tag team? Trip, uh, proper tag team? Well, yes, that one. Going back to what we said earlier. Again, I'd rather they were put into better singles positions, but if that's not going to happen and we need tag teams, make them a tag team. They will be great. Uh, Scavelra, not correct, says, do you consider the current Dynamite show fun like the Monday Night War era? I never saw a live crowd more into the show like Dynamite's one. Atlantic City crowd was on point every time. Yes, but like... It was amazing. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. The energy was superb. But WWE gets that too. There's been some smackdowns with some ferocious crowds. And the Royal Rumble was pretty loud as well. So um, there there was definitely more of a Monday Night War feel to Dynamite. But I don't think it's fair to say that WWE doesn't... I mean, it doesn't get as visceral reactions. Hate that word, but I've said it now. But the reactions are still there. And I just want energy throughout all my wrestling shows as the pandemic has uh, has taught us. Uh, Roosevelt says, will Keith Lee get the TNT title or will he go straight for the AEW title? Uh, I'd probably put him in the TNT title first, which he probably will do, because he'll probably win the ladder match, and then you get a TNT championship shot. So that's probably what they'll do. Ted says, Andrade versus Derby, or Andrade versus Sammy at Revolution. Either, you know. We've seen Andrade... uh, Sorry, we've seen... um... Oh, no, wait. I thought you said Derby versus Sammy. You haven't. So either the number one contendership, Andrade versus Derby, or Andrade versus Sammy. Probably Andrade versus Sammy, I think. I think we've got enough time to get there. I think it's something a little bit different. Uh, I think Andrade right now is killing it because he's really found his feet with his character. I don't think Sammy Guevara should lose it because he just lost it and he got it back. It'd be a bit weird. But you can do that with that championship. Given that world titles change very rarely in AEW, use your other belts to be a bit more, not a hot potato, but a little bit more, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Uh, Phil says, how good is Keith Lee? <laughs> he threw that guy miles. Yes, he did. Uh, Edmundo says, what wrestler do you think could possibly have success in the UFC? Or Chad Gable? <laughs> or Riddle? But Riddle's already done that and it didn't work out. Yasir says, are you excited for the debut of Veer? Not really. I mean, it's not Veer's fault. They've just run it into the ground. He's going to have to come out and have the best debut ever for it to live up to all the hype. And I don't think WWE is going to do that. Uh, Raul says, Veer McMahon or Elias, who do you think will return to WWE TV first? Well, you would think Veer because he has some videos. 
But yeah, where has Elias gone? Do you remember those cool vignettes? Elias is dead. Long live Elias. I was like, okay, cool. What are we going to do here? A bit of a revamp for Elias. Apparently he cut his hair. And he's been on the TV for like six months. <laughs> That's another problem with WWE. You can't do that. Because it just if you're brand new to the product, you don't know what the flub's going on. And we barely know. We watch it every week. Uh, Casey says, who do you think currently sells the best? That's a great question. Brian Danielson's very good at it. Um, there's so many guys that are good at it. Brock Lesnar is an amazing seller. Vastly underrated. This punk is really good. Punk could be the best. There's so many. John Moxie's good. The Young Bucks, yeah, it's too many. Anyone that you think is good is probably good at selling. Uh, Ryan says, how far could Keith Lee throw the Batmobile as far as he wanted to? What is sleep? Good point. Says, do you think Ronda will be the sixth entrant in the Elimination Chamber and get a shot at both Becky and Charlotte? I mean, look, it could happen. I think it'd be a really bad idea. I think you're hot-shotting stuff way too quickly. Uh, Mark says, can you reform the right to censor for those of us who need moral guidance? Well, I'm not going to do it because I can't handle that wow, wow alarm thing. But I'll take Ivory back on TV every single week. She was the highlight of the Royal Rumble. Uh, Life of Riley says, if you could make a wrestling faction out of any of your favorite childhood characters, who would be in it? We'll go with five. That's usually a good thing. So He-Man, Lion-O. Uh, this is going to be really hard because I'm going to forget someone. Uh, Optimus Prime. <laughs> Super Ted and Danger Mouse. There you go. I don't know if some of them made it to the United, the United States, but never mind. You can Google them and have a lovely day. Uh, we'll do two more before my voice goes. Bionic Elbow Wrestling says, Morning, Simon. How high will the interruption counter get before you retire it? Surely you had to know it would get high really quickly. Of course, my friend. That's why I introduced it. People, like, I, I, when I do ups and downs, I like to make it a bit of fun, right? a little bit of a performance. But the whole reason why we did the interruption counter is because I knew that it was going to go crazy. So I thought that's why we'll do it. I want it to be high, but also I like it. I like wrestling tropes. Like sometimes it goes too much, like the distractions and DQs last year in WWE got well out of whack. But I like wrestling tropes because they're dumb, they're silly, and I like dumb and silly. So no, even if it gets to 10,000, we're going to do it for the entire year. I'll pretend that it's bothering me. I was more than prepared for this, but I appreciate the fact that you bought in. And lastly, Malachi Quinn has the weirdest question. Should Keith Lee be the next Vader? No, my friend, Keith Lee should be the first Keith Lee. And there you go. We'll draw a line under it there before I can't speak anymore. Uh, if you are on YouTube, drop a comment below. Obviously, like the video, share the video, subscribe, do all of that. Same thing if you're on podcast. And if you're on um, Spotify, I'm pretty sure now on Spotify podcast, where you can also find this podcast, you may be listening to it right now, they have ratings and stuff. So please do leave me a rating. It's like YouTube. Like, share, do all of that kind of stuff. When it comes to podcasts, comments, or reviews, and star ratings is how you get this thing around the place, which hopefully is what we can do. Again, if you have watched all this way, whoa, thanks very much, YouTube. That's some good watch time. It's not going to affect anything else on the channel. I I don't think I'm going to upload two a week. I'll just do one or sometimes I'll do two depending on how it feels. But I wanted to make sure we got the second one in and this is the best way to succinct my time. So hopefully you can understand that. And otherwise, yes, support the podcast, patreon.com, force us Simon316. Uh, check out my YouTube channel if you're on the podcast, Simon Miller. Uh, follow me on social media at Simon316. Uh, Simon.bigartel.com for merchandise. Grillermind.com, force us Simon. Just go to Simon 10% off. All of that stuff, which I use and I like. I'm on Cameo if you want a shout out. Always meant to drop that earlier and I don't know. Shout out to Pins and Knuckles. I think that's everything. I'm going to forget here. Probably need to go rest my throat, which is what I shall do. So thank you very much for joining me as always. I appreciate you and I'll talk to you again soon.